All right. Yesterday morning, we got into a conversation about the new government program to try and get more nurses um, rapidly brought on board in the uh, provincial health care system. International nurses, basically what it is. Um, and immediately it led to a lot of discussion with you, the audience, about not only that, but some of the other barriers that seem to exist for us as a province and producing more nurses and doctors through our post-secondary system. So today... Uh, very pleased to say that the Minister of Advanced Education, Dimitrios Nicolaitis, has graciously agreed to join us and talk about these issues, which is obviously very important to a lot of you. Minister, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's start with the announcement that came out this week. As we all know, there's a real shortage of healthcare workers, including nurses. Now, the plan that you unveiled, this is focused on facilitating international nurses being brought on board in the provincial system, correct? How does it work? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I announced uh, the other day that um, uh, with Budget 2023, which is um, going to be unveiled on, on February 28th, uh, you know, should that budget move ahead and be passed by the Legislative Assembly, that uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to unlock $15 million in funding uh, in that budget uh, to support and assist internationally educated nurses. So a part of that, $7.8 million, is going to create a new uh, non-repayable uh, bursary specifically for internationally educated nurses. Uh, with that bursary, they would be eligible to receive as much as $30,000 over five years to help offset some of the costs of tuition, uh, bridging programs, living expenses, uh, and other costs. Um, in addition, we are also investing uh, $7.3 million to create 600 new seats at nurse, uh, for nurse bridging programs at uh, Mount Royal University, Bow Valley College, uh, and Norquest College. There have been uh, stories of, of long wait times to get into these bridging programs. And when we made the announcement at Mount Royal University, we spoke with Uche, an internationally educated nurse from Nigeria, who said that she had to wait five years before she could get into the program to bring her credentials up to the Canadian equivalency. Uh, and I think we can all agree that that's a massive disservice. Sure. Um, and so we're really hopeful that we can this can help uh, get those folks into occupations that uh, they're really driving for. So just so we're all clear, when we're talking about the 600 new seats uh, at the post-secondary institutions, that's not to train new um, nurses in Alberta, new Alberta kids. This is the program that international nurses need to take in order to get accredited to work in Alberta, correct? Yeah, precisely. Gotcha. That's uh, the 600 seats for the uh, for the specifically for the bridging programs that uh, the uh, the regulating agencies usually require internationally educated nurses to participate in to make sure they're at their Canadian equivalency. Gotcha. Okay. Now, and as you said, it's up to thirty thousand dollars, six thousand dollars a year for five years, with the understanding that each time you access a year of funding, six thousand dollars, you must stay in Alberta and work as a nurse for a year. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. We've attached a, a, a standard return of service uh, agreement. So for every $6,000 that a recipient receives, uh, they'll be required to uh, complete a year of nursing service uh, in the province of Alberta. And if they don't, I don't know if you're that far down the road, what happens? Do you go after them for the 6000 yeah, if they don't, as is a, a standard process with return of service agreements, um, if they decide to leave the province or, um, or or not practice in the occupation, then there would be an expectation for them to reser uh, return the, the funds that have been awarded to them. Uh, one, one question I had is five years. I mean, in terms of the timeline that it takes to, I mean, you can you can get a degree in nursing in five years. Why why is it eligible for up to five years? I you know I know a lot of the 
conversation we had yesterday said typically it takes 10 to 14 months, so roughly one year of education to complete that bridging program. Why have you extended the timeline out to five years? Yeah, you're right. The bridging programs usually take, like I'm at Royal University as an example, it, it takes from about 10 months to 14 months for someone to go through the bridging program. Uh, we, we wanted to just provide some wide, uh, wide uh, latitude there. Um, you know, oftentimes other things can get in the way. Uh, people's studies can get interrupted. Um, they may have other challenges. So we wanted to make sure that they have that five-year window and uh, and they can receive that if it, if it takes that amount of time, which, um, you know, it probably shouldn't, but we just want to make sure that we have our bases covered. That makes sense. Now, when we got into this conversation yesterday, and this happens every time we talk about this, and I'm not sure if you have the answers at your fingertips, but I'm, I'm like, I just got a text as you and I are speaking right now from a listener saying, my daughter tried to get into nursing. She has a 90 average, couldn't get in, not didn't meet the academic qualification. We got so many texts saying the same thing yesterday, so many saying, my son applied for med school, couldn't get in. Um, is there any, what you're talking about here with the nurses, I guess we would probably call a medium. It's not going to help us this weekend, but it will help us in the, you know, the medium term getting more nurses on board. Has there been talk? Is there discussion? Is there any plans to increase the number of seats at U of A, U of C, those kinds of places where we're going to double the number of nurses we're producing in our province? Uh, absolutely. So you're right. You know, the, the support for the internationally educated nurses is, is more of a, of a medium term. Uh, you know, we can get someone turned around in about 10 months uh, and get them, uh, get them in, uh, participating in our health workforce. Um, but you're right. And, I, and I've heard a lot of those other those comments from from parents and from Albertans about some of the high entry requirements. Mm. So we've we've already taken some steps to try to address that in last year's budget. We uh, we announced 171 million in new funding to our universities and colleges to create 10,000 additional spaces in high demand uh, occupations, and that included um, healthcare. We created uh, more seats in uh, healthcare aid programs, in paramedicine, and in nursing. And as a matter of fact, as a result of that investment. We, uh, we were, of course, uh, forecasting to have some significant shortages in, in, uh, in healthcare staff by 2030. But with the investment and the expansion of seats, we are no longer projected to have shortages of uh, healthcare aides. And we've also uh, projected to cut the shortage of nurses in half with that investment. So uh, I'm hopeful with that investment that we made last year, we'll be able to create those additional spaces and, and that'll uh, subsequently bring those admission uh, entry requirements down a little bit. In my mandate letter from, from Premier Smith as well in November, um, she asked me to look at continuing that program. And so um, I'm hopeful in the, in the next few weeks we might be able to get on a call again and talk a little bit more about other details that are in the budget. So that, that announcement, that funding to uh, increase it by 10,000, there's always a timeline. So when you're talking about 10,000, is that per year or over 10 years? I mean, give us the details on where that funding would go and how it would work. Yeah, absolutely. So again, that was that was announced last year, and it was 171 million over three years, 
And uh, the, uh, the, the projection that we have from our universities and colleges was that they would be able to create 10,000 additional spaces. That is over the three years. Um, a lot of them indicated that they would be ready to go and uh, create more spaces in those programs um, as early as this, this, past, um, this past September and the beginning of the fall academic year. So many of those spaces have already been created for other programs. It may take the universities and colleges a little while to, to ramp up, but that uh, we will see those those spaces all come online uh, over the course of the the three years. Uh, and and when I talk about the 171 million, just to break that down a little bit further, there was about uh, 30 million of that money that went specifically to healthcare related programs, and that uh, would create approximately 2,500 spaces in healthcare professions, including nursing, paramedicine, and and healthcare aides. Okay. Um, the other question that I'm hoping you can answer for us, because it's the other one that comes up every time we have this conversation. And, I, you know, I've looked into it, and it seems like there's there's a cap of about 15%, but everybody says, well, there's too many seats for the international students because they pay so much money. The universities focus on them. We should be letting Alberta kids have more opportunity. What is are the rules, are the regulations, are the restrictions on how many foreign students can take up seats in med school, nursing school, that sorts of thing, or is that up to the uh, individual schools? No, there there aren't government regulations that that specify those details. It's up to the individual schools. Uh, but again, you know, as I just mentioned, we are moving forward with what I'm being told from my officials in the Ministry of Advanced Education is the largest targeted expansion of seats in Alberta history, That those 10,000 seats that we mentioned. Um, and those are for domestic domestic students, of course. And so that that is a, a significant expansion of seats. And that's, as, as we mentioned, a portion of that is in healthcare, but we're also adding more spaces in other in-demand programs, such as in aviation, in, in tech, uh, in construction, in business, and in other areas where uh, we, we see that demand. As we went through that process, you know, we asked the universities and colleges, where are the areas where you're turning away students? Because, of course, that's that's a problem. We don't want to be turning away qualified uh, Alberta students. And then they, of course, provided us more details and said, you know, here are the programs where we're turning away students. Here here are the, uh, the ones where we can do with some greater capacity. And those are the ones that we funded to create more spaces. And when we talk about nursing, we're talking about RNs, LPNs, the, the, the whole envelope, correct? That's correct. Yeah, RNs, LPNs, uh, and again, as I mentioned, we we also funded last year uh, uh, para, uh, paramedicine uh, spaces, uh, healthcare aid spaces, and uh, as I mentioned in my mandate letter from Pre- uh, Premier Smith this uh, November, uh, she's asked me to continue that uh, incredibly successful program. So I'm, I'm hopeful we'll have some more to say on it on uh, February 28th. Um, in terms of uh, what advanced education can do, you're looking at short term, you're looking at long term. There's not really a lot in terms of the immediate, right? I mean, it takes time to produce these people, and that's just the reality that we're in. Yeah, you know, I think when we when we talk about um, healthcare capacity and, and health workforce more broadly, it, it has to be a, and is a cross government uh, approach. And, and different de- government departments and ministries, of course, play different roles. Uh, from an advanced education standpoint, it's it's our uh, responsibility to ensure that uh, we are graduating enough and that we have enough spaces to be able to graduate uh, enough folks, not just 
for our healthcare uh, system, but for all aspects of our economy. Um, and, uh, and then other ministries, including, of course, you know, the Ministry of Health and others are looking at some of those more immediate um, solutions that, that we can implement. Minister, as always, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.